Kia ora Wellington. Kia ora kato. This is B-Side Stories. You're listening to Wellington Access Radio, 783 AM. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. 106.1 FM. We haven't been on AM for a while, but old habits die hard. My name is Laura. I'm Perrine. And we're your hosts today on B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm very excited for our show today. I've got a cool guest. I mean, we all have cool guests, of course. We, we have, always do. We have cool guests every single week. First off, I want to quickly apologize to any listeners who might have heard the youth zone with with all the eating noises. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how well you remember high school, but I used to get very hungry after school. That's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I usually really enjoy Youth Zone, which is the program that's on just before us, but they were like eating lollies or chippies or something and it's gotta eat corn chips. I mean, that's true. You gotta grow big and strong. So, um, I shouldn't judge. <laughs> you know what you've just turned into, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, surprised it's taken this long. Um, very good. It's been an exciting week in politics, hasn't it? Um, if you think so. (laughs) Well, there's no other, I mean, exciting might be like a little bit too positive of a word, but definitely like there's a lot going on and um, everybody's talking about it and the election's coming up fast and you got to be enrolled to vote. Yeah. I'm sure in the olden days we used to think that elections here were really boring and now scandals happen all the time and... I don't know if that has changed the voter numbers, but um, maybe it will this time. I wonder. Hmm. It's it's very. I think that's a really interesting question, Perrine. I hope it brings uh, makes more people interested instead of turning people off. Mm. Um, because there has been a lot of things going on and changing leaders and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, if you want to be able to have your say on who becomes the next government out of all those crazy cats, um, you have to be enrolled. And I've already gotten my little letter in the mail mm-hmm. that confirms my address. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already got one at your address, then you're either not enrolled or you're enrolled at the wrong address, okay? So your parents probably have your packet or maybe like that flat that you lived in for six months last year, they got your packet. Um, so if you haven't seen that come in the mail, do make sure that you go to elections.org.nz and sort your life out. Yeah, and if people want some further motivation, they can listen to that interview you did a few months back. With with rock and roll, yes, yes, um, that was that was very motivating. Yeah, young people <laughs> got to get out and vote, but they do not need to eat on the radio. Let me tell you, <laughs> I am gonna in the first half of the show. I'm gonna call Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary in Otaki and talk about their amazing farm that's dedicated to saving abused and injured animals. Um, Who who are you going to be chatting to today? Um, Well, today we have Kate Leslie and Natalie Schultz in from um, Kill Your Darlings, which is an art exhibition opening this week. Um, We're going to hear them, hopefully, tell us all about their process and their show and get all inspired by art. Cool. (laughs) Rather than politics. (laughs) (laughs) 
that that we can all agree on. Uh, I'm going to play a quick song to get us started, and when we come back, we'll have uh, we'll have the chief animal caretaker from Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary. She'll tell us about animals. So um, if you like cute animals, do stay tuned. Here's mermaidens. Welcome back. You're listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio, 783 uh, 106.1 <laughs> FM. 106.1 FM. I'm Laura. We're talking to Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary. Hi, Cokes. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, I can hear you all right. Awesome. I'm going to give you a quick intro, uh, and then I'll be asking you some questions about cute animals. Awesome. So let's talk about animal rights. Black Sheep Anu- Animal Sanctuary is a farm in Otaki. It's dedicated to creating a safe and sustainable space for abused, injured, and neglected animals. Right now, about 200 animals live at the sanctuary, including cows, sheep, pigs, goats, dogs, cats, chickens, miniature ponies. Perrine, there's miniature ponies. And there's more. 
And joining us to tell us a bit more about it is Kaux, the chief animal caretaker. Hi there. Hi, how's it going? Great. Uh, thank you very much for coming on B-Side Stories. So, yeah, thank you for thinking of us. Yeah, I, um, I think of you guys often because there's an op shop that supports you in my neighborhood. Good. <laughs> now, um, tell me a little bit about how Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary works. Where do the animals at the sanctuary come from? Um, so all of our animals have a different story, but we, like you already said, we focus on farm animals. So a lot of our animals come from like an ex-factory farming background. Um, I can give you a few examples. Um, for example, we got goats, and some of them came here as babies because all goats in the dairy farm, like in the dairy goat industry, have to give, give birth to um, yeah, goat babies in order to produce milk. Oh, of and course. all the babies are just killed. So in New Zealand, 80,000 tiny goat kids get killed per year. And um, there is a sanctuary in Auckland that um, rescues, each year rescues a big amount of these goats um, because they would just get killed on the first day after they get born because they're basically a byproduct of the production of the milk from the female goat. Mm. So we got a few goats here that... Um, that were born from dairy goats and then um, rescued by a sanctuary in Auckland. And then we take a few of them in and they're just, yeah, we have two of them that just arrived last uh, week, last year and they're called Zip and Merch. And, um, yeah, they've been living in the house for the first month because they needed milk and care, but now they're out with our big goats and um, are very playful. So, yeah, that's one example of um, where the goats, for example, come from that we rescue. Yeah. Um, some other goats have been tied up in front of like amusement parks or like hotels because they think it's good to have a goat in front of their house. And they actually, you know, they're very social creatures. They're like jumping, climbing and um, being tied up in front anywhere is just horrible for them. So we sometimes get to rescue them because people go up there and be like, your goat looks really miserable. Can we take it to an animal sanctuary? And then they bring it to us, for example. Mm. So are people receptive to that if somebody says, look, your goat's not doing so well, it looks pretty unhappy? Um, do people kind of accept that? I mean, it, it depends um, on each individual story. But um, one of our oldest goats, for example, she started attacking people that came too close to her because obviously she has been, you know, um, little kids threw lemons at her and she couldn't escape because she didn't have shelter and the owner said that since the goat attacks people now, it's actually more of a hazard than any attraction. So mm. he was quite happy to give her up. Mm. Um, but other people are just, they're like, oh, yeah, they're here to low the moan, uh, mow the lawn and I don't want to get rid of my goat. Um, mm. And we're just like, oh, but it's so unhappy. So sometimes they give it to us, uh, give them to us and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, wh what are those goats like now that they live on the sanctuary? Um. They're like they're both white goats and um, with horns, and um, they try. They're still a little bit smaller um, than all our big goats because they grow really slow. So yeah. they are, So these are the two kids that got uh, rescued from like the dairy industry. Yeah, these are the two kids we got last year. So they basically arrived shortly after I arrived here. That's why I have a uh, yeah a connection to them that's yeah. very strong because I had to get up in the middle of the night and feed them, and. Um, yeah, now they're out with the other goats, and they're still, you know, like can't headbutt really well. And um, but they're they're out with all our other goats, and they're just yeah, they're really playful. They love eating blackberry. Um, 
but you know the big the other big goats still still tell them off if they eat too much food because <laughs> they're not that high up in the in the herd that they can have all the best food but um right. yeah they're doing really well right now we printed the their pictures on our postcards and as a fundraiser oh neat okay and um uh, what about some of the other animals that are, are on your farm um yeah so we got a lot of um sheep and uh, like you already said like horses and geese and and also cows and um we have pigs for example we have 12 pigs in total right now and two of them are um large whites so they're called Horace and Doris and um <laughs> Horace for example would have gone to slaughter for meat and Doris would have been used as a breeding pig mm-hmm. um yeah and they came here to the sanctuary when when they were li- really really little and they'd like 350 kilos now so wow. for me it's so hard to imagine that they were ever little when I see pictures of them I'm like who's that pig and then they're like oh it's Horace and I'm like oh my god he's so big now that's a big pig yeah and, and, and yeah what do they do on um the sanctuary do um, they like just hang out <laughs> yeah basically um, <laughs> I mean um they are in a paddock because they just love digging so much if you ever want a garden bed to be dug over in the pick. Okay. Um, they do so much digging all day, and it's really muddy right now here up at the sanctuary. Um, so right now they are with another pig um, that's called Tor, and Tor was, um, him, his mother was shot by a hunter, mm. and then the hunter found the little piglet and was like, well, it's too young to be killed. So he gave the piglet to somebody to raise the piglet and he still wanted to use it for meat and then the person got attached to Tor and was like, I don't want this piglet killed and gave it to us. So Horace Doris and Tor are in one paddock together and they love when it's not that rainy because it has been really rainy and they love straw and making their beds out of straw and um, Tor loves escaping. He just, you know, <laughs> got into one of our shelter builds and ate all the trees and that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. so they basically enjoy digging a lot, and they enjoy mud bathing, and they even enjoy like playing catch with each, with each other. It's it's like they make a barking sound a little bit like dogs when they play. It's really cute. Nice, yeah. I um, I can imagine. Otaki is a little bit like like a holiday getaway for Wellingtonians. So I think they they must have a very beautiful time there in the sunshine. I always picture it uh, the sunshine in Otaki. Can you tell me a little bit like what the farm is like? What would I see if I if I went there? So we are a little bit um, like we're not in the Otaki center, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're up a hill. We're up a really, really steep driveway. But once you're here, you actually can see the ocean and um, like Otaki City lights at, at night. Um, but it's, a, it's up the Otaki Forks where you can do all the great hikes. Um, so you're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. If you don't have any electrical lights on here, you can see the stars super well. And, you know, we're not attached to the public water system. We have tanks. So we're a little, little bit off, you know, the yeah. society of Otaki. But, um, yeah, so you, you would see lots of trees, and we have a veggie garden, and you would see lots of pigs and goats because they live right next to our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you talk about how sustainability is part of sort of the ethos of the sanctuary. How do you incorporate that into what you do every day? Um, so we do the, like, we try to obviously recycle everything 
we get, we um, try to buy secondhand goods. But also, for example, I don't know if you know Kai Bosch in Wellington. They like do like food recycling. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. we pick up food from them that they can't give to humans anymore, but it's still good for our pigs. Oh, so fantastic. We drive to Wellington twice a week and pick up their bins and also from Countdown. And, um, yeah, it's like dumpster diving at home. Like <laughs> we, um, we then sort through the food and make sure that all food is still good for the pigs and make sure that no mold gets to them. Obviously, no um, meat or dairy because, yeah, pigs don't eat that. Mm-hmm. Um and no potatoes and stuff like that. So um, we then compost all of that stuff that can't be fed to the pigs, and the compost goes into our garden, the garden turns into veggies, and, um, yeah, that's kind of like the cycle that we do with the kibosh food we pick up, for example. Um, Or we just use recycled things, like recycled corrugated iron. If somebody doesn't need any corrugated iron, we can always use corrugated iron, for example. (laughs) yeah, so it's kind of like based on like reusing things, and the op shops obviously are also based on secondhand goods. So if people don't want a T-shirt anymore, but it's still good for other people. They can bring it to us, and we just sell it, and we try to be really, really low priced, so you know people can afford it and still use things, so they don't get thrown away. Totally. So I mentioned the op shops, but I guess we should explain. Um, how do the uh, op shops connect to the animal sanctuary? Um, actually, the opportunity for animal op shops were founded before the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So there was a group of animal rights people who wanted to raise funds to do projects or donate to causes that are, um, you know, animal rights projects or are good for animals. And um, so the op shops were funded um by a group of people who then um, founded the Animal Protection Society. So they had been running for three years before the sanctuary land had even been bought. Okay, Because cool. they said they wanted a project where they can help the maximum amount of, peop- uh, of, of animals. Um, and also, you know, like they donated their money to other sanctuaries, but then they felt like because the sanctuaries were, weren't vegan, it wasn't 100% to their norms. So they were like, we want to have our own project and we want to rescue as many possible, as many animals as possible. So the op shops were there before the sanctuary. And now the op shops all raise money for the sanctuary. Wow. Okay, so these are any of the opportunity for animals shops, like the one in my neighborhood, which is the one in Newtown. Yeah. They contribute to um, the Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary. Yeah. Each, like, I'm... I can't emphasize enough how DIY we are. So the people who live at the sanctuary also restock the shops in Wellington. So we drive to Wellington and put the price tags on the sleeves. Um, Wow. Every cent that has been raised by these op shops are going straight to the sanctuary. And there is no cost of like a fancy manager or an office. Like we do all the work here. If we adopt two new goats, we do the building of the goat house. Like... Yeah. Somebody's just, you know, building a little shelter for a bird we might get. And it's just, we're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere is done. We bake the pies that we uh, sell at V1 and the vegan market once a month to raise more money for the animals. It's all done by the same people. It's a, it's a crowd of like seven to ten people, and it's all done by them. Everything, the op shops, the sanctuary, animal care, baking, everything. Yeah, that's... Um that's quite a job. Are there a lot of people who work on the farm to make it all happen? Um, yes, yeah, so we um, are seven people on site right now. 
which is uh, more than we have been for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so every morning we get up, we feed the animals, and then we usually have like a sort of mission. Like today, for example, we spread wood chips on our pathways because they're so muddy um, and everybody helps. Yeah. And then um, some people go off to Wellington to work in the shops and some people go off to Otaki to work at the Otaki shop because we also have an op shop in Otaki. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, seven people right now. And then we have some volunteers, obviously, who volunteer at the um, op shops in Wellington to work behind the counter. Yeah. Okay, so there's op shops happening to help fund the sanctuary. And you mentioned the pies that are now Wellington famous vegan pies. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me about how that started? Yeah, oh, that's super nice of you to say. Yeah. Well, um, we, we are so busy with all our animal care up here that we sometimes are like, oh, we really want to make more money, but we just don't have the time or the energy to do it. And when we were starting to have more people living on site, we were like, we really need more money. So somebody was like, why don't we also, you know, spread more vegan food around? And then um, actually the person, like, we have been baking pies here for a really long time, tried the flavors, you know, and we're like, let's see how it goes. And um, then we rented a commercial kitchen to make the pies. And our first event was um, Pride out in the park. Mm -hmm. And we were just so overwhelmed. We were running out of pies. We sent people constantly to get more pies from our freezers. And, and uh, yeah, ever since then, we have been selling pies at V1. And it kind of like happened just out of a meeting, just brainstorming. And then somebody said, let's try this. And it, it's been working great. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody must have had a pretty good pie recipe up their sleeve. Yeah. Um, well, most of the people who live here have been vegan for quite a while. But, uh, yeah, we have somebody who is amazing in the kitchen. And she has also now created vegan Snickers, which has been, have been selling like crazy at the <laughs> vegan world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun because um, I always walk into the kitchen when there's baking trial baking going on for new flavors. And my first question is, has there anything gone wrong? And I'm like so happy when something goes wrong because I get to eat it. Yeah, that's right. You'll yeah. get to eat the, <laughs> the leftovers. Okay, cool. So people can... Uh, if they go to that vegan market, then they can check out the pies and the vegan Snickers, which is like a dessert, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a Snickers with nuts and chocolate and caramel, yeah. Cool. And the stall there is also done by us, so <laughs> that's where you can find us if you want to talk to us. Neat. And uh, people can also buy stuff at the op shops to support you, and you have a fundraiser coming up this Sunday. Yeah, we do. So... Um, it's a fundraiser that is happening on the 20th, which is yeah, this Sunday. It's called Ratatata, and um, it uh, starts it's at the Bowling Men Club, and it starts at 2 p.m., and it's just yeah, an event full of different things. So you can come there and eat amazing vegan food, but you can also come there and get a flash tattoo by a tattoo artist who offered to donate um, his time to um, this fundraiser. Oh, and there's wow. going to be um, live music, like a couple of local punk bands have agreed to play for us, um, and a DJ. Um, and there's going to be kids' face painting, not to be confused with the tattooing, very strictly no. separated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's basically a very, yeah, very diverse uh, fundraiser um, 
going on on the 20th to um, raise some money to get through winter. Yeah, cool. So uh, can I ask about the connection to tattooing? Like, how did that happen? I, I was so surprised to see, like, all these amazing tattoo artists um, showing up for a Animal Sanctuary fundraiser. Yeah, it was basically the idea of um, a person that works for us in the um, op shops in Wellington and a volunteer, and they you know, have been supporting the sanctuary, obviously, with all their work, all their volunteering, and um, they wanted to organize a fundraiser for us. And there's, um, I mean, the connection is, like, more and more people want vegan ink, like, for tattoos. And they were just like, we know these amazing tattoo artists, and that could be a good way to raise money. And basically, anybody who has a good idea to raise, how to raise money for us, go for it, you know, as long as it's, (laughs) um, you know, in in line with our... um, beliefs then totally and yeah. um, so it was organized by Kirsty and Sasha and they said we have these connections we can use them to raise some money and awareness for the sanctuary so that's how it basically happened neat so is it is it is normal tattoo ink not typically vegan um so yeah so there is often a se- especially colors that are not vegan that are made from ah. animals um you know being worked into the color um I know that, but that's information that might be old, that red ink is specifically hard to make vegan. Um, But by now, more and more, like Dr. Moore's tattoo studio, I think, uses almost all vegan ink or does use all vegan ink. And, um, yeah, we have been super lucky that they were like, okay, we want to support you guys. We're going to donate this to you. Neat. Yeah, uh, so part of the the values of the sanctuary are like absolutely no animal harm, in- including being vegan, living a vegan lifestyle. Do you think that that's sort of catching on in Wellington? You you talked about people being more interested in some of the foods and maybe ha- having those types of tattoo inks available. Is it a movement that's growing? Mm, I have to admit, I'm at the sanctuary all the time. <laughs> Oh. I'm not a local Wellington because, um, yeah, I've just moved to New Zealand two years ago and just lived at the sanctuary ever since. But mm-hmm. I do think it is growing because I see more vegan food everywhere and I see people knowing now what it means. So I think Wellington is a pretty good place to live if you're a vegan and there's delicious food out there I've eaten in Wellington. Nice. Yeah. Uh, can I ask about your background, Cokes? How did you come to be at the sanctuary? Um, well, I finished my um, university degree, and I was just pretty stressed with, like, the pressure of society to, mm-hmm. like, you know, get a job and get money and do all these things. And a friend of mine was staying at the sanctuary, and she was just like, maybe you should just come here for three months, and then you can figure out what you want to do. Um, so I came here for three months, and this is two years later now almost. Um, and I was just like, this is amazing, because we work so hard. Um, I've, you know, always cared for animals, but if you live in a city, I mean, you can say you do vegan lifestyle, you have a vegan lifestyle, but that doesn't mean that you will work with animals every day. Mm. And I just love that there is no, there is no boss here. You know, we just, we do it for the animals. If you go out in the pouring rain, nobody will like, you know, we, you will be shown how to take good care of the animals, but you basically go out there, and if you don't have enough hay in your hands, you will go back in the pouring rain because you care mm. about the animals and not because somebody pressures you yeah. to do it. And and that's what I loved about this place, and I never really left. Wow, that's incredible. So you, you have you always been an animal lover, and that's kind of, kind of a draw for you? 
Yeah, I've absolutely always loved animals, and I haven't actually worked with farm animals before I came here. I was, um, yeah, I was really overwhelmed with like um, learning all about them because uh, you know, just like different pig noises and um, the goats, <laughs> you know. And I was always like, oh, they're gonna headbutt me, and they actually none of our goats headbutt. They're really friendly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely started as like somebody who doesn't know much, but I've learned a lot and I've read a lot since and um yeah I, I mean i learn something new every day here it's amazing wow it sounds like you guys work hard but um you get a lot out of it yeah totally okay do you have um do you have like a, fa- a sneaky favorite animal that you I'm like to hang to out <laughs> <laughs> um too many favorites yeah all, all of them are my favorite i mean i i um I was driving in a car when the person next to me spotted a very tiny little duckling on the side of the road. Aww. And we usually, we rescue the ducklings and raise them and then release them again because they don't imprint on humans that quickly. We put them like in a safe space and we feed them. And then they just go off and do their own thing. And this duckling yeah. was amazing. We, we picked her up and she immediately made that happy noise they make when they're with their mama. And we were like, wait, what's happening? And we could put her down after like 10 minutes of finding her and she would follow us everywhere. Aww. Like it was, it was, yeah. I mean, obviously it's better when we can release them into the wild, but I took that duckling everywhere I went because I, it couldn't be separated because usually they stay with their mothers wherever mm-hmm. they go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, her name is Nifla now because I like Harry Potter. <laughs> and uh, she now lives outside and she doesn't like being touched that much anymore, but it's still cute to see her hanging around here, and um, she still call- comes when you call her and stuff, and that was definitely a special story for me because, um, yeah, she just w- followed me everywhere, and we spent a lot of time together. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, thank you so much for joining us to tell us about the sanctuary. Yeah, thank you for um, for thinking of us. Yeah, I mean, maybe I have one. Can I say one more thing? Definitely. Cool. So because I just wanted to say that um, we have another fundraiser coming up um, that's going to launch next week because we have so much mud here that we are trying to get the digger up. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants to check out our Facebook page or like be on our newsletter and stay up to date with us, we're doing new projects every day. And I also want to know if people care. I also want people to know if they care about animals. There's so many ways to help us um, besides money. So we ha- we can use pretty much everything you think that you probably can't use anymore because we can recycle it into something great. Um, so we have a long wish list. So if people are interested in supporting us, there are so many ways, and they can just get in touch and I'll figure something out. Excellent. Okay. And is Facebook the best way and the easiest way to find that? To yeah, find Facebook. So we're under the Black Sheep Animal Sanctuary Otaki. Yeah. It's, Facebook is a really good way. We also have a website and an email address, but Facebook is a pretty good way to go, yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, Okay, sounds good. So we've got the fundraiser this Sunday, um, August 20th from 2 p.m. at the Working Men's Bowling Club in Newtown. Yeah. And also um, more fundraising and um, mud work to do on the farm. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, That's uh, amazing to hear about uh, your country life, Cokes. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming out. Yeah, thank you for calling. See ya. Bye. Bye. Here's Grace and Glimmer blowback.
Every breath you give me love 